They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced. Fourth and 26. Stinks in a trash. AI's crossover. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew. Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz. The Legion of Doom. And thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast, live and in person for once. Johnny Mita. Amen, brother to that, man. Good to be live and in color, coming from the great town of Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. That's right. Johnny Mita, Joe O'Donnell here, Brotherly Love Podcast, SoundCloud, and iTunes, of course. Follow us on Twitter at Love Podcast. It's a busy week in Philadelphia sports. Lots of places we could start, but why not start with the 10-9-8 76ers who have pulled off the the move that uh, right now has Brian Colangelo sitting atop the Philadelphia sports world because it looks like the Sixers are going to select Markel Fultz later this week, and he will be the newest piece to the puzzle. Trust the process, John Mita. The Sixers are going to select number one overall after they make a deal with the Celtics to move up and get the number one pick. They go up from number three to number one. They give up that third overall pick and then a future first rounder. There's typical NBA verbiage that goes with True that, protections. you know, protection yep. and what what year it'll be and whose picks better or worse. The Kings or the Sixers ten years from now, whatever. <laughs> Markel Fultz looks like he's the guy. Why? I think he's the guy for a couple of reasons. I didn't even think this move was even remotely possible. But if you look at the way this Cel- the Boston Celtics team has been constructed. They don't really need that. They don't really need a guard. I mean, if you look at their weaknesses, they're kind of heavy in the backcourt. They have Isaiah Thomas. He's going to be due for a new contract. They have Avery Bradley. So there's so many guards on that team, they don't really need him. So it was a brilliant move by the Sixers to move up, use one of those assets that we acquired that Sam Hinkie acquired. So we got to give mad kudos to Sam Hinkie. You could hate him for everything he did. You could hate the three years or the four years of, you know, just terrible basketball, terrible players, horrible losing. But at the same time, we are going to be working off the fruits of that labor <laughs> for the next five to ten years to come, and maybe we become the next super team in the NBA. So to get back to your question, Fultz is great for a couple reasons. The Sixers have stated that they want to have Ben Simmons to run the point guard. Not a move that I'm in favor of, but – Listen, if he's going to be running some offensive sets for you, okay, you need a guy that can play both positions, a type of a so-called is what they're terming it as a combo guard. So Markel Fultz can do a couple things. He can run the point if Ben Simmons gets in foul trouble, if he needs a breather, then Fultz becomes your primary ball handler. That's one reason why they made this move. The other move is he's probably the best shooter in the draft. He shot over 40% from the three-point line. He can get to the basket. He's athletic. He's not super explosive, but he's explosive enough to get to the hole, and I think this is a brilliant move. The other reason why I like this move is the kid is straight humble. I've never heard a kid more humble in interviews. It sounds like he wants it. He's a gym rat. He wants to get after it, and if I I saw a story on him feature, which was amazing, that he wants to be the best player. 
in the NBA. He wants to be the best player at his position. Well, yeah, so. did you see his goal for year one is to be MVP of the league? Yeah. He told Tracy McGrady that. There were there was a, a piece I saw him and McGrady were shooting hoops in the gym, you know, kind of going shot for shot, messing around. And McGrady asked him if he set goals. He said rookie of the year and MVP. And McGrady gave him this look like MVP of what? You know, like, yeah. really? Year one? And yeah. he goes, hey, if you're going to set your goals, set them high. Yeah, he, so, he expects to be great, and I love it, and he's humble. And I heard an interview. He actually came up here, you know, right after he left college. He actually came to a Sixers game and was like, well, Markel Fultz, you know, you're projected to be the first player taken. You know, why would you come here? Well, this is a possible destination. This was before, obviously, the lottery right. happened. But he said, this is a possible destination for me. I just wanted to see, you know, what the atmosphere was like. And he's a kid from Maryland, and I, I, I think it's going to be great. Obviously, I was a huge De'Aaron Fox guy. That was my guy from the start. If we, if the 76ers stayed at three, the guy to take is De'Aaron Fox. I think he's going to be an absolute all-star, so somebody's going to get a steal there. But I love this move. The way the move up, they've also protected themselves. You know, basically, the pick will convey if you know the Lakers bomb and they get the pick two through five. So it's, it's just amazing that we were able to pull this off and now with the nucleus of Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, who we haven't seen, and Joel Embiid, those are three potential superstar players moving forward. And this league, the way it's being built, the way free agency is going, and this is going to be – the other thing that this move does is that this is going to be an attractive place for a free agent to come. Maybe not this year. I still think the Sixers could make a couple moves, keep your eye out for maybe like a J.J. Redick acquiring another type of shooter for this team, but maybe two years from now when some other big free agents become available, you know, we, sprinkling a couple pieces with the bench, they got a lot of second-round picks. I love the direction that this team is moving right now. Let's go to the second round because you're a guy that watches a ton of college hoops. Who are some names sure. that you'd like to see in the fold sure. after the number one overall Absolutely. Pick? So two of the guys that I would totally target are guys that are – they come from University of Oregon, team that made, you know, the Final Four this year. A guy by the name of Tyler Dorsey. He's a small shooting guard. He came out after sophomore year. He can shoot it. He reminds me, if there's like an NBA comparison, the guy that I compare him to is like a Jason Terry type. And Jason Terry has that type of championship experience, that perfect come off the bench, give you some instant office, could be a great six-man. I like him a lot. I also like the kid Bell from Oregon. He's amazing because what he did in that tournament, he was pretty much their MVP of their team. He can rebound the ball. He can shot block. And offensively, he's got some moves too. It's not like he doesn't have that 17 to 18-foot outside jumper yet. But if, if I'm looking at an NBA comparison, he kind of reminds me of Tristan Thompson a little bit. But another great one would be Ben Wallace. And those types of defenders, if you can get somebody to match up with like a Draymond Green or somebody that can, you know, some of the better power forwards in this league, if you get that piece, the guy's an absolute, he just, you know, he just eats the glass. I would love to see those go after those two Oregon kids. And, and be frank, you know, call me a homer or what, even Josh Hart, you know, depending where he falls in this league, he's a great guy i could see him like going to the spurs because he's like their type of player right guy does everything well he doesn't do everything i mean there's not one thing that he does absolutely great that separates him but i think he's another target so the two kids from morgan you know bell dorsey 
Love to see Josh Hart. There's another good point guard that I would love to see to address. Again, another point guard, uh, Monte <clears throat> Monte Morris. Iowa from State. Iowa yeah. State. Another guy that I like. Good size, long arms, can he shoot can the score, basketball, yeah. yep. can score. Wouldn't he be another good fit? You get a guy like that in the second round, possibly then he becomes your backcourt. You know, Morris, Fultz, then you put Simmons at the three. Yeah, I mean – it's looking good right now. We were I'm excited about, about tomorrow night. We tomorrow night's going to be amazing. We were talking about this the other night when we were just hanging out, but why, like, nobody, nobody has mentioned the name Jaleel Okafor. Yeah. Why is he the forgotten oh, star? And God. then I brought up to you, like, I don't know if you call the guy a bust, third overall pick, 2015. He's got 100-plus games, uh, just over 100 games in his career in a couple of years, but uh, six rebounds a game just under 15 points a game like but why why is he not materialized why is he not developed why is he the guy nobody's talking about like he's either not on the rock he's like the ryan matthews right now the sixers yeah yeah he's on the roster yeah. but like is he on the roster and then i i said to you like is it is he nelson aguilar type yeah. category from yeah. that bus standpoint like where like wh why why i don't watch enough why why yeah. is okafor not being no. even talked about let alone considered for this yeah, for this well, trusting the process. Right. Well, when Jaleel Okafor was drafted, he was, you know, he was a guy, if you look at best players available, you had still him on the board. You had Kristaps Porzingis, who, which would have been a lovely pick, but Kristaps Porzingis' agent, he didn't allow the Sixers to even work him out. Then you had a guy like the Greek Freak on Milwaukee who was available. But the problem with Okafor is he has a good offensive skill set. You know, he can fill it up when it comes to that. But the one thing that bothers me most about his game is, yeah, can he get you 18 to 20 points on a night? Sure. But do you know how many rebounds this guy's averaging? He's averaging like six. six in six, his career, he's averaging six, six on the Six rebounds a game. a game for a 6'11", 275-pound man. He's averaging six rebounds you a game. You get six to fall on your Russell lap. Westbrook. That, yeah probably had more rebounds in a season than Jaleel Okafor. Like, that is troublesome. The other troublesome thing is his defense. I don't know if he's not committed. He's too damn slow. It could be one of those things. He just – and to me, it doesn't seem like he's ever done anything to improve himself, right? So he had his rookie year, which was like a decent campaign. Right. But then you didn't see him. Did he get in shape better? Did he become quicker? Didn't, I don't think he's putting in the time or the effort. And the other thing I look at is – because of the explosion of now that we got to see Joel Embiid, you know, basically play this year, right. I feel like he feels like a lost puppy dog. Like, there's really nothing for me to do. And I'm a big proponent of another guy that sits on their bench, Rishon Holmes. I mean, this guy played really well down the stretch last year when Okafor was dealing with minutes restrictions and Embiid was out. This guy was getting 20 points, 10 rebounds, and three to four blocks a game. So... The question is, the problem is, you know, you're talking about a top three lottery pick With and zero there is value. zero yeah. trade market value. Like, we can't even give this guy away. Yeah. And you would think a team, like, would just try to jump on it, like a team maybe like his hometown, like the Chicago Bulls, they, they need some help in the front court. You would think somebody, and Colangelo apparently at the deadline this past year was very close to trading him. But something fell through. I don't know if he was training to Portland or Chicago, but those were the two teams mentioned. I don't know if the, if the Sixers themselves overvalued what his value in the league is, but 
honestly, God, I don't really see him on the roster moving forward. And and like you said before, yeah, it turns out like right now he's looking like an absolute complete bust. All right, let's shift gears. Well, real quick, are you buying season tickets for the Sixers? It's close, man. I get a season rep that calls me. I, I tend to win Sixers game. It's like, yeah, I might be interested in buying tickets. You know, kind of jerking the guy around a little bit. And next thing you know, Calling guys you call day. me every day, every day. And, I, and it's funny when they call it. I was like, all right. I'll buy season tickets if you can make sure that they pick this person. And I used to do it with everybody. I did it with another <laughs> rep. I'm like, if you can pick this person, then maybe I'll buy some tickets. Call me when that move happens. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I might get – I heard the numbers. Obviously, now the prices are going to be going up big time. But um, I might get, like, an 11-game package. I mean, I have Eagle season tickets. I yeah. got a lot on the horizon, a wedding coming up. So maybe not this year, but I'll, I'll definitely be attending some games because this team is going to be fun to watch for sure. All right, we – NBA draft Thursday night. The following night, the Flyers have the second overall pick. But prior to that, and it's actually tonight, is the NHL expansion draft. Now, the team's been selected. The Las Vegas Golden Knights have made their picks from the unprotected players by each of the 30 NHL teams. The Golden Knights obviously becoming the 31st team this October. Um, It will be unveiled tonight, their roster at the NHL awards ceremony. I just had a couple of quick thoughts here. Um, The Flyers... Did you look at their list, who they protected, who they left unprotected? A little bit, a little bit. I mean, I know guys, Most some teams guys. went with like eight forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie protected, yeah. all right, yeah. which means basically everybody else that's not a first- or second-year player is available, from your minor league guys right on uh, to, you know, maybe your third, fourth-line guys, a second-line guy, whatever. The Flyers' list of protected defensemen, the three guys they protected is absolutely embarrassing. And this, to me, is where the Flyers, their shortcomings lie. Now, we all know they have defensemen in the system, but they haven't gotten to the show yet, right? They haven't made it to the NHL yet. Is that happening this year, next year? Hopefully in the next two seasons we see all these kids. You know, Morin makes the team. Robert Hag has an impact. you got Travis Sanheim in the system. I know I'm missing uh, – well, we saw Provorov this year – who didn't need to be protected again because he was a rookie. But the Flyers' three protected defensemen are Gossis Bear. Okay. Right? Yeah, just Great. re-signed him, yeah. and they did it for that reason. Radko Gudis. Radko is a little questionable. Okay. <laughs> and Brandon Manning. Those are the three defensemen the Philadelphia Flyers protected. That shows you how pathetic they are defensively yeah. and how little they care about Delzato, Andrew McDonald, right on down the line with those other garbage defensemen they've been rolling out there. Yeah. Um, that, to me, when I see that, I go, that's embarrassing. Now, luckily for the Vegas Golden Knights, they don't need any of the Flyers' crappy unprotected defensemen because, they're, in fact, the word is they're going to have so many defensemen, they might be picking guys just to wheel them to other organizations. There's supposed to be a half dozen deals or so already in place with Vegas, teams that are saying, don't select this guy we left unprotected. We're going to throw you a prospect. We're going to throw you a draft pick. We're going to give you this guy instead of that guy. Um, so there's a lot of wheeling, dealing that's going on. should be a fun night tonight for the NHL as the Vegas Golden Knights get unveiled. But, again, to me, the embarrassing part for the Flyers is that they just had nobody on the blue line to protect that's worth a damn when you're putting Ratko, Gudis, and Brandon Manning in your protected list. Here's a list of four players I think Vegas could select from the Flyers, and these aren't. this isn't you know breaking news. Michael Neuvert, Steve Mason, one of those two likely – could be selected by Vegas, and I'd say Matt Reed and Michael Roffel. If I'm Vegas, maybe take a flyer on Reed. You hope he turns into a regular 15-goal guy. Uh, <laughs> Roffel obviously has some skill. Pierre Edward Belmar, you know, 
I mean, would you want him on your fourth line? Ah, he's uh, a bruiser. But I'd he's say, a grit guy. Come on, Joe. Hey, he had an A this year. That tells you all you need to know about the Flyers. All right, they have the number two pick, Philadelphia Flyers, do Friday night. We all know the Devils kind of hold the cards, Johnny Mita. They're either going to take Nolan Patrick or Nico Heischer, the Devils are. The Flyers are basically going to select whoever they don't. Right. Um, interesting, I just I, I saw an article. You know, Ray Shiro is the Devils' GM now. So you got Fred Shiro's son basically essentially uh, holding the cards for the Flyers in the next 10 years because whoever the Devils take, the Flyers are taking the other guy, and then hopefully you've got a first-line centerman or second-line centerman for the next decade. Uh, we talked a little bit a few weeks back when the Flyers got the second pick in the lottery about Nolan Patrick and Nico Heischer. Again, Nolan Patrick, the word is hockey sense. The word is compete level. He needs a little kick in his pants sometimes, according to his uncle James Patrick, who played in the NHL. But once he gets going, he's competitive as hell. He's got great hockey sense. He's a playmaker. Um, out of Brandon of the Western Hockey League, in a better league, in my opinion, than the Quebec League, where Nico Heischer plays. He's more of a high-end skill guy. He's European. I don't know, pick your poison. You want high-end skill, upside, or do you want competitive two-way player, smart player, playmaker for the next decade? Again, the Devils are going to essentially force your hand here, but that's kind of the breakdown of those two kids, and it sounds like the Devils are leaning Heischer, more skilled, and the Flyers and everything I've heard is that Hextall likes Nolan Patrick more anyway, fits their mold of what they're looking for for a long-time number one centerman. So should be interesting, but we got Thursday night Sixers number one pick, Friday night Flyers number two pick, and we're going to have a couple of young faces in town for hopefully, what, the next 10 years? At yeah, least. I mean, when when's the last time Philadelphia teams have, in any major sport have been able to have like a number one or number two draft pick in the same year? So it's exciting. And you got to like the fact that you know, people criticize Howie Rosen for giving up a lot to go get Carson Wentz. And yeah. that move right now is turned out to, to be a good one. So In the we'll face say. of the Phillies? Aaron Altair? Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, he's the only bright oh, spot on that baseball team right season. now. Oh, God. They I just to- saw that they, uh, from, they have tied the major league record for the worst record ever between games like 21 through – 60 or 75 whatever they're at right now yep. like they're like 11 and 33 or 11 and 35 in their last 40 some games and it tied a record for that like that is the most miserable stretch in baseball history for that stretch of games Dude, they started 11 and 9 and i think they their last 40 or 50 they're like 11 and 36 yeah, yeah it's awful uh quickly on the birds before we get to our on the sure. fly segment here on the brotherly love podcast jason peters got a contract extension last week extra yeah. year on his deal He's 35, looks like he'll retire an Eagle now, which is something he said he wanted when he was skipping those voluntary workouts. What'd you make? Yeah, I mean, I, listen, he played at a pretty decent level last year. Now, question is, can he do that for the next two? Not sure, but the good thing that it does provide is you know you have a solid, even if he became a backup, you know it's a solid guy. Now, he's never wanted to be a backup in his entire career, but I'm just saying if depth purposes, it does free up some money, for the cap this year so is that maybe some you know one of these veteran cornerbacks gets loose in free agency that way you don't have to put the pressure on the young corners like douglas and Sidney jones if he plays at all this year yeah Yeah, exactly jalen mills so i'm i'm okay with the move i don't you know i don't hate it i think apparently this was a move that jeffrey lurie told howie to get done but does that bother you you know owners because look when lurie you know, this has been under Lori's watch for a long time. Yeah. Brian Dawkins yeah, didn't right. get locked up. Right. You know, you've had other players, franchise-type players, right. that have moved on. And well, it's been a 
black eye for the organization. Now, should you ever run your football team that way? No. Is is Robert Kraft calling Bill Belichick and telling him to sign guys? No. No, yeah. no shot in hell. Yeah. So that, that part of it kind of concerns me if they did this mainly to keep Peters happy and, and have some type of PR spin right. or the owner saying you got to keep this guy. Uh, I don't I don't know if that's the play. But, again, it's not a terrible move because he still appears to have some run left in him. He works hard. He's always in good shape. Yes, does he get banged up from time to time? Yeah. Of course, we know that. But right, it's a tough he's a leader, to and hopefully um, – yeah, He said he's chasing a ring, so. So are we. <laughs> we're chasing him for a very long time. All right, you and I the other night, quickly, we're, yeah. we're talking about just the miserable wide receiving core the Eagles had last year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I told you, I th- like we, we started talking about 2003 Stinkston and Trash and the Carolina Panthers title game where nobody could get open and McNabb got hurt. Yeah. It's just a disaster. So I pulled the roster. Oh, three wide receivers of your Philadelphia Eagles and last year's version, that crap they threw out there. Now, I'm longing for the days of Riley Cooper, of course, right. as you, you know how much I loved him. Ah, but here's yes. your oh, three wide receiving core. Okay? Not it. tight ends, no Chad Lewis, no yeah. – yeah. um, you know, no, no B. Weston here or do Thomason. We're just talking <laughs> wide receivers. You got G. Lou. Ah, G. Lou. What a Greg what, Lewis. What a slot threat G. Lou was. Hold tight, hold tight. It gets better. <laughs> Billy McMullen. Ooh, Billy Your Brothers boy. McMullen. You yeah. loved him. Oh yeah. Uh, you've got Stinkston and Trash on our intro. Beautiful. Todd Pinkston, James Thrash. Yeah. You've got Fred X, Freddie Mitchell. <laughs> Fred X. And your boy. Who can? And I mean your boy, Sean Scott. <laughs> Some notables from the 03 roster. Right? S. Dot in the house. Sean no. Morey was also on there and some Sean other Sean Morey, another special teams made. Sean Morey took run away from Sean Scott, yeah. which was yeah. disappointing back in 03. <laughs> All right, last year's wide receivers, Jordan <laughs> Matthews, Solid. obviously better than anybody we listed in 03. Yeah. Nelson Aguilar, Ooh. invisible, Ooh. mind screwed. Ooh. Uh, Doriel Green Beckham <laughs> maybe had like two halves of decent football. Yeah, Bryce Treggs I wrote down because I remember plays. he had a good game. Yeah. <laughs> one time. Yeah, one time. He caught one long pass over 40 yards. So Pinkston does that all day long, brother. So thank God they made adjustments going into this season. But who are you taking? 03 with G. Lou, <laughs> Billy McMullen and company? Yeah, absolutely. Or, really? It's not even close, Joe. <laughs> Seriously. I just want Pinkston. so bad for last year's group to not be the worst group ever. No, it is the worst group ever. Pinkston, Pinkston, honest to God, you could put up – I'd take Pinkston over anybody on he that list so except skinny. for Jordan Manning. He was His so legs were so skinny. Right, I'm how, taking Aguilar over Pinkston. How's that sound? <laughs> All right. Pinkston caught the ball. He had a couple drops here and there, but Pinkston caught the ball, and so did Thrash. The only uh, one I can get, Jordan Matthews. Joe, read Billy that. McMullen is so bad. <laughs> Don't go with Billy McMullen. G. Lou. G. Lou. G. Lou was a great slot uh, receiver. No, I saw an article kidding. the other call, day when they were call. talking about how G. Lou got fired and yeah. Mike Rose, now the new wide receiver yeah. coach. And we should spend some of a future podcast on Mike Rowe and the work he's been doing with the, with the receivers. But it, it, I think it was Les Bone. He went out of his way to mention, like, Greg Lewis, comma, the only Eagles wide receiver with a Super Bowl touchdown catch. Yeah. Comma. Oh, it, was that necessary? Yeah, it's less Do you bad. have to bring that up yeah. and remind me that G. Lou is the only Eagles receiver ever with a Super Bowl touchdown? It was a hell of a catch, though. No. you got to give him credit. Yeah, back of the end zone. <laughs> yeah. Five through a dart. No worm burner there. Yeah. All right, on the fly, because we got to wrap this up. Yeah, let's uh, On the fly, all right? Uh, sure. This this is a great, great question. In fact, could be debatable uh, much 
in much more depth down the line. But this is from uh, Philly Sports Talk on CSN, right? So yeah. a local show. This was their Twitter feed. They had a Twitter poll the other day. I'm stealing it from them. All right, you get a chance to vote on one of these four teams that you want to see have a shot at a rematch for a title. Okay? Okay. One of these four teams. Okay. Rematch for a title. The 01 Sixers against the Lakers. The 04 Eagles in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. The 09 Phillies going for a repeat against the Yankees. And the 2010 Flyers against the Blackhawks. So it's the last four Philly teams Fantastic in a major question. title Fantastic opportunity. Question. Love it. Who would you want to see for the rematch? The 01 Sixers, the 04 Eagles, the 09 Phils, the 2010 Flyers. You mean you want to see them rematch or yeah. like a team currently? No, I want to pick one of those four oh, to, to get another shot at the title. i got to go with the 04 Eagles. Have to. And I'm kind of re- thinking that too. And the reason why I'm saying that is because like – I swear, man. I read the whole book on damn Spygate. I read every single page of Arlen Specter's Senate report. Like, I read cover to cover. Like, and I think there was something to that. And Jim Johnson was such a great defensive coordinator. I think if we had more time, and obviously it came down to coaching. Andy Reid got out coached in that game. If he had another shot. I mean, T.O. played tremendous. Yeah, would you get that same game from T.O. is one of the things I thought of because yeah. you're coming off the broken fibula. Right. Yeah, well, the he's The other a gamer. thing is, too, he's a gamer. You're, you're looking at but uh, you're, I think you're that's de- young Brady, yeah. too. Yeah. That's not this year, last yeah, yeah. year's Brady where the whole league scared him. That's still yeah. kind of young Brady yeah. where maybe well, it's fun. you catch him and he doesn't have a great game. You know, I don't we, know. We've heard Ike Reese on the airways say, like, they he would love another shot. It sounds like... They put in a defensive package that they said that was never – they never showed it during the season, never showed it. The only time they worked on it was during their practices during the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. week, yeah. And they said that every time that the Patriots lined up in what would be like a passing formation, they ran the ball. They knew exactly every move that the Eagles were going to make defensively, and they were all shocked. They all couldn't believe it. So – I think that would be the rematch that I would go for, just to get another 01 shot Sixers at those guys. just didn't have a prayer. No. Lakers were no, too good. No, 04 no. Eagles we just talked about in the Super yeah. Bowl. 2009 Phillies-Yankees. Phillies, Unfortunately, you had Pedro Martinez in your uh, game yeah. six to save the season. Yeah, right. right. I mean, they just – Yeah, they didn't, they, have, had, they didn't have the pitching firepower. Yeah. Yeah. And then the 2010 Flyers, you know, you're, Michael Layton's in that. You're riding a wave, yes. a wave of yes. just a team that now, got I, hot. I talked to somebody who I obviously I, I greatly respect in the, in the hockey world the other day, and he said the Flyers would have won that series if Joel Quenville, the Blackhawks coach at the time, did not make line adjustments after Game 3. After Game 3, Quenville must have juggled his lines. I don't remember. Yeah. But he said in his in his opinion that changed the series wow. that time. But, uh, all right, mm-hmm. on the fly for me, what do you got? On the fly for me, do you trade? Claude Giroux to the Las Vegas Golden Knights and just they need a star player they need somebody to yes. get people excited yes. do you do it 110 percent I just don't know that Vegas is, would would be willing to yeah because contract's too big or no I, I mean they have look a lot of people are saying they've got to hit the cap you know the cap floor they're gonna yeah. have to you know bring caps on up these to 75 con- million right? yeah but they only have to get to like 50 or something to be oh. at the cap floor but I read an article on Puck Daddy the other day Yahoo Sports blog where you know, if you just look at even taking some second-line guys and some third- and fourth defensemen and you sign a couple free, like, they're going to be there. Yeah. So it's not like they have to take on terrible contracts just to hit the cap floor. I'd say 110%. I'd move Giroux. I just don't know there's a market for him. It's on Claude Giroux to get his game back. 
I don't know if it's there. I don't know if the injuries yeah. have curtailed him, if his yeah. size, lack of size at the end of the day has hurt him to have a long-time, yeah. a long-term dominant career. But there was a minute there where he was, you know, arguably the best player in hockey, I thought. That is not even close to the case anymore. It's on Claude Giroux to get his game back. I mean, the last flash in the pan is, you know, when they're playing the Penguins in that series in the playoffs. And yeah. He dukes it out with Crosby early. Yeah, just scores a goal. Big head, scores him. a goal. Yep. Hammered him, and you're like, "Holy crap, man! He's coming. Yeah. This is gonna be it. This he's is gonna, us. This is him. This is gonna be our guy right. yeah. moving forward." And the last couple of seasons have been extremely disappointing. Yep. All right, BL podcast in the books. All right. Appreciate all the love and support. Sorry for the long hiatus. Yeah. If so you heard a dog barking in the background, that would be my dog Jefferson, who wanted to be a part of the podcast. <laughs> he's been part of it, and has often been a part of our podcast. Uh, <laughs> always nice to do one in person, brother. And Absolutely. We'll get some more cooked and. Uh, yeah, we're moving up. This up is what number ninety, ninety-one. I think this is either eighty-nine or ninety. I think this might be number ninety, buddy. Ooh. 10 from the century, Ooh. Mac. I'm going to have to fly out to Iowa. Next up be Corey Simon, 91. Was he 91 or, or was or he the 90? Other, or, yeah, that's, he was 90. But here's the other question. Do we do a podcast live from Vegas? We'll be there for my bachelor party. Connor McGregor versus pretty boy Floyd Let's Mayweather. Let's get Floyd on. Oh, fuck. Let's get Money Mayweather on. Oh, yeah. I don't right. think we're going to be sober enough yeah, to do ma- that. Maybe we can get Stephen A on, too. Yeah. That bum. Anyway. All right, brother. Always a pleasure. Brother you got Love it. Podcast love it. signing off. Appreciate Sixers. all the love and support. Here we go. Markel Foltz in the fold. Till next time, we'll see. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. 